sugar. Oh, honey, honey. I didn't, what? I I didn't realize how bad that animation was until I actually saw it. <laughs> I can't believe that that was what the Archies was. I always knew that that song was by the Archies. I didn't know it was that Archies. Yeah. I'm like, no. Did you actually see any of the regular episodes? And No. The voices are awful. It's like Archie sounds really weird. And, of course, uh, Veronica is a southern belle. I would picture uh, Betty more southern than Veronica. Yeah. Veronica, I picture with more of a northerner accent. Yeah. Veronica should just be like a straight-up snot. Well, maybe maybe she originally had a Kansai Kansai (laughs) accent. Obligatory. So I didn't say always. I said it was a tradition. I didn't say always. Yeah. See, Rob thought I said always. I didn't say always. I just listened to it. (laughs) Was that your stomach? Yeah, I had a little burp. Oh, my sister. Did you have uh, White Castle? No. No, I was drinking soda. That tends to do that. At least you didn't call it pop. I do call it pop from time to time. You really are northern, aren't you? Yeah. You ever had Moxie? No. Did you ever have the thing that's like Reese's, but it's uh, not? (laughs) That it's filled with marshmallow instead of Peanut butter? No. Let's just do it. Okay. Welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, mini episode, episode 23. The introduction to the DC animated universe. And of course, I'm your host, Ben. Joined by my co-host, TV's Mr. Neil. Holy rusted metal, Batman. Yes, and uh, like I said, we were talking about the DC animated universe uh, just a beginning introspection of what it is, why it is, and why we love it, and what DC did right that Marvel did wrong. And little-known fact, I, at least I think it's little-known, I don't want to be, sound like those people that say, well, did you know that the Flintstones was the Honeymooners? Yeah, basically, uh, the DC Amy universe was created by uh, Bruce Timm when he was still a storyboard animator, at Tiny Toons. Basically, this was around the time that Batman was getting really popular again. You know, the Tim Burton movie came out, and then the sequel, Batman Returns, just came out. Some uh, studio executives went down to Bruce Tim while he was doing some episode about Buster telling a bad joke and said, hey, can you do a quick pilot on a Batman cartoon? And Bruce Tim's like, okay, I really got to do this now. And the pilot out of there. Yeah, and that pilot is still available to watch online. The original audio track is gone, but the animation is still there. They just put the Batman intro on as the audio. It still works. It's it's pretty good, and it's pretty well animated for an animated pilot. And that's how the DC animated universe was born, so to speak. It was born because, you know, and by the way, one thing you have to thank Bruce Tim for is he was able to pretty much BS a reason why they had to have real guns. As opposed to uh, what Marvel did, was, which was to kind of skirt around the whole uh, bullet issue with lasers yeah. and, then later, and then later just having them, you know, wrestle. <laughs> yeah. It basically, Bruce Tim did this whole BS argument saying, well, see, the movie just came out, and the movie had guns. If you don't have guns, the children will be confused. And the thing is, Bruce Tim knew that was BS, but he was betting that the studio executives were dumb enough to buy it. 
And they did. And we're thankful for it. Oh, yeah. And that's that's why we love Bruce Tim. Like I said, it's just a great thing that uh, Bruce Tim did. He created this universe pretty much, you know, like I said, my personal theory is Bruce Tim was told to to do this because he was the only one on the, the Warner team that seemed like he knew a lot about comic books. He he took the reins of it. You know, Warner Bros. and uh, DC Comics didn't really jump in a lot at first. And by the time they started interjecting some more, he was so entrenched that he had enough ability to do quality control that, you know, it, it wasn't like it was at Marvel where, you know, everything... Marvel anime had had the same name, A.V.A. Rad, but I bet if you ask A.V.A. Rad what he thought of this episode of the Hulk or Iron Man or something like that, he'd be like, I don't remember anything about this. Yeah, because everything was micromanaged into the ground, whereas uh, Bruce Tim was able to uh, get a get a hold of what, what he had early on, and by the time uh, anyone at Warner really noticed, he already had a firm grasp on it, and he had enough... Uh, you know, enough uh, cred to uh, tell them to back off if they started messing with it. That didn't stop the embargoes at the later part of the animated universe, which yeah. is just proof that the uh, same register is an asshole, and I don't care what any people anybody say about how great his new cartoons are. I won't watch them because Sam register is an asshole. It's, uh... <laughs> well, let me put it in perspective for you guys. Uh, Sam register... You know, it was the executive producer, vice president of Cartoon Network. Stories started jumping in, started executive producing all these cartoons that were starting to become really, really shitty. Like, he was in charge of Teen Titans. He decided, you know what? These girls who sing the Teen Titans song in broken English are so great, they should have their own cartoon done in Macromedia Flash. I, I'm i just at a loss for words over that. I, don't, I, I knew of uh, Hafiyami Yumi before Teen Titans, and I didn't get it then. <laughs> I didn't get their big explosion in America when it, that happened. And the only thing I did understand is when they fizzled away, and now nobody talks about them anymore. Except to bash them. <laughs> but the little-known fact is when Sam Richards started working on his Batman cartoon, the one I call The Crap Man, uh, before one episode was even aired, before an episode was even aired, he was asked questions of how he thinks that the fans of the old Batman cartoon would like his. And see, it's a, it's a legitimate question. It's most certainly a legitimate question. I don't care what people say. That's a legitimate interview question. Mm -hmm. And he said, he, he called the fans of the old Batman cartoon, 28 year old men, virgins living in their mother's basement. Wow. Yes. And that just proves to me, at least, that he is an asshole. Because he didn't even let a single episode air yet and have the reviews speak for themselves yet. He attacked the superior product. He was already in damage control mode before it even started. Yes. And that absolutely disgusts me. Now, should we talk about the difference between the DC and the Marvel Universe? Cause, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Ben and I have been comparing notes on what we because we're because we're offset by about I don't know seven or eight years between our childhoods and I know a lot about the eighties he knows a lot about the nineties we compare notes a lot and what I noticed about what Marvel was doing was that they really didn't have a lot of continuity uh, checks like 
I think I think they definitely had a lot of the same writers. Uh, Paul Dini uh, was definitely on Marvel, and I know a lot of the Paul Dini was doing stuff for Marvel. Oh yeah, he he wrote a few episodes of GI Joe. Oh well, that's not well. That's kind of Marvel. Yeah. And they had Marv Wolfman write uh, the episode of two or two of Transformers. He actually wrote the one where Optimus Prime returns and rips the Matrix out of uh, Rodimus's chest. And yeah, yeah, but none of those shows really had good continuity control, and that that problem carried into the '90s when you had the X Men and Spider Man and Hulk. Everyone who tries to make a Marvel universe out of the animated cartoons is just in for trouble because. Marvel does not does not check for these things. They, well, even even X Men didn't fit in its own cartoon. There was an episode that took place back in World War II where Wolverine had metal claws. This was before Wolverine was ever thought to have claws. Before he had adamantium put in his body. Wow! In the comics, so 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 people that say maybe they were bone claws. They didn't even think of bone claws yet in this point. And, and by the way, bone claws are fucking stupid, so that's another point altogether. <laughs> it's true! Yeah. Ooh, they're bone claws! God damn it. Can't even make them the same material like fingernails, like cat claws are. They're bone claws. It's, no other animal in the fucking animal kingdom has bone claws. I mean, you know, you look you look at the the tusks of animals. Those are just those are just uh, modified teeth. Yeah, they're not bone; they're teeth. Completely different calcium structure. Bone claws are bullshit. Okay, that's enough digressing on the fucking bone claws. Sorry about that, Neil. It's just that kind of. That's okay. <laughs> and uh, like I said, it's just one of those things where Marvel didn't know what they were doing because basically, you know. You, you see Marvel animation, but they were they were like doing these things in different studios. I mean, Fox was doing uh, X Men and Spider Man. Hulk was being done as a syndicated cartoon, as was Iron Man and uh, Fantastic Four. Those were syndicated cartoons on a network that was willing to pick them up. Mm-hmm. You know, those those were on the networks that almost became UPN. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, like I said, it's uh, it's just one of the things I see. It's just like uh, DC, uh, you know, like we said, Bruce Tim was able to pretty much spearhead these things, mm-hmm. these decisions. And there are some continuity uh, flurbs in between the DC cartoons, but there's only like five or six major ones. And if you compare that with the same amount of years that the comics were going on in DC in the same time, mm-hmm. there's so many more that are bigger than that, that. You can just sort of write them off, not even not even try to explain them away. Just write them off as okay. That's a continu- continuity flur. Move on. Versus, well, you see here, what they meant was stop that, stop that. Am I right? I, yeah, and I think a lot of it was uh, the uh, what I've noticed is some of the continuity problems in the DC animated universe is usually caused because the writers apparently changed their minds because I think there's. The, the first appearance of Aquaman doesn't quite jibe with the second appearance of Aquaman. I think that has more to do with just the writers changing direction. Well, Whereas... they, they actually explained that in the commentary. Oh, really? They said that they said that at first they were rebelling against the comic having an Aquaman with a beard and no shirt. They're like, yeah, we're going to do the classic Aquaman. Just say, fuck you to the comics. And, they're, and then they're, as they write and they realize, you know what? This new Aquaman actually is pretty badass. We just need to come up with a better reason why he loses his hand. Hmm. 
Because in the comics, Aquaman loses his hand in a really dumbass way. Piranhas eat it off. Oh, wow. So in the cartoon, Aquaman loses his hand, but he's chained next to a lava vent with his infant child next to him. He has to save his child. So he's able to get one of his hands free, but he's trying to cut through the chain. He doesn't have enough time. So he cuts his hand off to save his child. Oh, wow. So So basically what they did was they... They took something that was in the comics that was stupid, and they made it badass. That definitely works a lot better. But where, whereas in the, uh, there are definitely a lot more errors in the in the Marvel uh, continuity, or it's not even one continuity; it's many different continuities. And they a had lot of those are just crossovers. Yeah, a lot of those are just caused by, uh, you know, lack of continuity check. Well, it's not even continuity check as much as. There was never an intent to do a single universe as a whole until they did the Spider-Man series and they did the fucking Secret Wars. <laughs> That's the closest they came to acknowledging some sort of universe. Yeah, but when I first realized that, that Marvel just doesn't care about continuity was uh, back in Transformers when you had uh, the history of Cybertron and you had characters like like uh, Orion Pax and, and Ariel turning into... Uh, Optimus Prime and Alita One, Ariel and Alita One were not originally supposed to be the same character. They just kind of bumped into each other one day and realized they had two characters that they could merge into one. Nobody was like talking across the table. So who? What about what about uh, Optimus Prime's friend? The uh, what's his name? The one that died. Dion. Yeah. So who's Dion? Nobody. I. It's it's pretty much confirmed that Dion is the first Transformer to actually die, but they he died on they screen. were very they were very coy to uh, he died on screen. Yeah, they they went out of their way to make sure that it was not explicitly stated, but yeah, he did die on screen. Yeah, all of and, all of these theories that it's Ironhide or Cup or or Ultra Magnus, they're all wrong. <laughs> Stop it. Just like the people who say Teen Titans is part of the DC anime universe. Yeah, that should be the next thing we talk about is why. Well, we'll we'll, we'll go over it a little bit here, but we'll talk about a major when we get to Teen Titans. Yeah, but, it's uh, that's going to be an episode we're all just going to enjoy doing. Oh yeah, because it's it's one of those series that Neil and I agree 100 percent on. This is shit. <laughs> it's weeaboo the series. Weeaboo. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't. I don't even know if I actually. I don't know if weeaboo is the right word because it. it they it inserted. Was, they inserted fake J-pop in all the time. Yeah, I guess. I, but they they did super deformed mode. It's kind of that weird style though, where it's like what Americans think anime is, and that it's not actually what you know. I'm anime really is. Yeah. It's a, it's it's not. It doesn't even have the charm of what uh, Adam Warren does. Yeah, the way Americans try to draw anime initially is like almost always wrong. Almost. Yeah, because uh, almost. Well, okay, pretty much always wrong. Thank you. But it's well, like I said, it's just uh, you know we. Uh, well, I think it might be different now than it was then, but uh, the generation that started doing that grew up with a completely different uh, design perspective. I mean, reading American comic books and then told, okay, I want to draw Son Gohan from Dragon Ball. How do I do it? Oh, I know. I will trace it. 
That will teach me a lot about the way to draw anime. Or they'll just draw the eyes bigger and they don't really understand the theory behind the eyes. I have this whole theory about how to draw faces and I try to understand not just the Japanese, but the... the uh, Understand the Japanese? Oh, not, I said not just the Japanese, but basically anyone who draws fa- really good faces, I try to understand their theory behind it. But I think a lot of people just go, oh, big eyes just... Just like all those artists at DreamWorks. Big eyes <laughs> equal anime, so they do that. Leave that one alone, huh? Uh, well, I think we'll get to DreamWorks eventually. <laughs> If for those that don't know, DreamWorks animation, every movie they do, they have a character do this the same goddamn face. <laughs> the uh the one eyebrow raise with the uh with the lopsided grin. <laughs> the the Dwayne the Rock Johnson expression. But with a lopsided grin put, thrown in. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just uh you know that's another thing that helped the DC anime universe. Uh, Bruce Tim was a trained animator and storyboard artist, and he knew what to do to play the strengths of the animation studios he was working with versus what Marvel did, which was have these comic book-style storyboards. They sent it to Acom and were expecting Toei-style results. When they didn't get Toei-style results, they never sent anything back and they used it anyways. Yeah. Little-known fact in uh, that, you know, uh, world's finest... The Superman, Batman crossover episodes, the three-parter. Brilliant, by the way. Brilliant. Uh, all done by TMS. TMS, which was the one of the best animation studios in the 90s. Almost universally agreed upon, correct? Correct. TMS, di- you, you, there was a scene in, uh, in World's Finest, I think it was part two, where Superman flies Batman and Lois Lane out of a building, and because Superman's not wearing a cape, but Batman's wearing a cape, when TMS originally animated it, Batman's flying them out. And this is TMS. This is TMS. This this they they actually this was expensive to have animated. It was all animated. And Bruce Tim looked at it and he sent it back. And he basically told them, You're gonna redo this. Yeah. And see, if Marvel had something similar like that happened, they'd be like, Okay, let's just use this. Yeah. You know I'm right. Yeah. Marvel they, uh, Acom basically was birthed out of Marvel Productions. It it was Nelson Shin's studio. He he went to Korea and opened a studio, and that became Marvel's go to studio for for a good at least thirteen years. I, I don't know if they're still using them today. Is Acom still around? I'm pretty sure they are. I think they do uh, mostly The Simpsons now. And I think Acom? I thought it was Rough Draft that was doing the Simpsons. Rough Draft does a lot of Simpsons, but Acom does too. And I think I think uh with Matt Groening, I think he has enough pull to kinda slap them around and make them draw well. Because Acom can do good stuff if somebody pressures them. Even Bruce Tim got good got good results with Acom before he famously fired them. Yeah, but like I said, Bruce Tim at least knew how to play to the strengths of animators by having a sim- simplified for animation art style. Yeah, he watched Gem and Transformers and said, yeah, trying to get Toei results out of Acom isn't going to work. Let's try something different. And for the most part, he was right. And uh, birthed several dozen Im- Timitators. Yeah. Which we're going to do an episode on later. The Timitators. People who decide, let's imitate Bruce Timm's art style without understanding the design principles behind it. 
they copy just that same simple blocky look, something that I'm actually guilty of doing in the past. I fully admit it. And, you know, without going back and, you know, one thing most people don't know is Bruce Tim is a, is a very heavy studier of the artwork of uh, Jack Kirby and Wally Wood. In fact, a collection of Wally Wood's production sketches from, uh, you know, all the comics he ever did, including Daredevil, there's actually a printed copy called Wally Wood Sketchbook you can buy online. And in the preface, you actually have Bruce Tim writing about how much of an influence Wally Wood's art style was on him. And see, people start drawing like Bruce Tim using just a very simple angular, uh, blocky model without understanding the principles that went behind it and what he had to shave off to make it work for animation. Because when Bruce Tim draws a comic book, he doesn't do exactly what he does when he draws for animation. He does enough of it to where you can say, oh, that's Bruce Tim style, but he adds more into it when he does a comic book. Mm-hmm. I mean, just check out the issue of Tom Strong he did. Wonderful issue, by the way. It's, it's one with all the Jungle Girls in bikinis. So, oh, there we go. <laughs> sounds like sounds like Neil has some t- reading tonight. Oh yeah, I'm looking up that issue right now. Yep, yep. So, like I said, it's uh, it's just something that Bruce Tim knew what to do, and and you can just learn so much about the industry by listening to the commentaries on Batman the Animated Series DVDs. Well, I I don't even think that the Marvel Animated Cartoons have any sort of commentary. Probably not. So I imagine AVA rads like, okay, this one, you have to use your imagination. They didn't quite do this right. That's supposed to be Hawkeye, but I'm not sure. Yeah, there was a lot of that in Marvel. <laughs> it, it was pretty much there in the 80s, too, where it was like, okay, you got to have to kind of use your imagination to pretend that... Uh, the character that Acom drew in there isn't actually there because that character is supposed to be dead. And uh, here's another guy who's fighting with the wrong side. And there was a lot of that in uh, Transformers. A lot. And it made me cry. I mean, another thing I love is how, you know, Bruce Tim decided, you know, what if the World Fair went on for another 50 years? And he created a style that that is famously called Dark Deco for, for the Batman cartoon and you know he used a much more lighter friendly version of it in superman but it's definitely there in superman as well and uh, i think neil just looked at the picture yep and we approve. <laughs> like i said i just thought it was quite funny i thought you'd enjoy that because like i said it just shows that you know bruce tim when he draws for a comic draws slightly differently than when he does for animation and you know that's one lesson that uh most people who do uh, try to imitate the Bruce Tim style don't understand. And they just try to be like, okay, I'm going to do it all angular and stuff. And, yeah. You know, it's all angular and blocky. and The Glenn Murakami's of the world. Well, if you listen to the commentary on Almost Got Him, Bruce Tim reveals he almost didn't hire Glenn. He only hired him because he could draw strange alien creatures. <laughs> No, he actually says in his he actually says in his portfolio sucked. <laughs> I think Glenn's actually sitting right next to him while he's doing it. Wow. That's <laughs> like I'm your boss and you can't do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just loved how he did that. 
And, you know, Glenn Murakami, I, I think he was sort of thrust into a position because he was a figurehead for Sam Register to use to do whatever he wanted. Because, mm. like I said, Sam Register is what I blame for the downfall of the CMA universe for Sam Register's own animated crap. But there were a couple of good movies that came out. Animated movies. And that's the one thing I like is when DC did an animated movie, they always try to do a slightly different style. They try to experiment around a bit, tweak on the uh, Bruce Tim formula a bit because it's a movie they can, uh, you know, use a little bit more, uh, use a little bit more budget. So they almost always go with a really kick-ass studio. So even if they use a slightly more complex style than the uh, Bruce Tim style, it doesn't really hurt it because they are spending the money to make it work. Versus, let's send it to Acom. Are we going to send it back? No. You know, I'm just I'm just amazed that Acom didn't animate Spider-Man without the lines on his costume. You want us to draw how many lines on him? <laughs> I'm having flashbacks to Runner Karomi where they're making fun of uh, lazy animation studios. And they're like, uh, there, there are too many lines. This is too hard. <laughs> Well, what, what, do you have any other thoughts on the DC Animated Universe as a whole? Well, you brought up the movies. Uh, even revered movie critics were uh, were patting the were patting the Bruce Tim stuff on the back. While uh, yeah, Leonard uh, Maltin, uh, Roger Ebert, love it. Yeah, while uh, throwing the uh, the Joel Schumacher shit under the bus. Well, even Bruce Tim threw the Joel Schumacher shit under the bus. Yeah, you had. Uh, uh, Ebert, you know, praising uh, praising the the better use of Batgirl in Sub Zero than versus uh, Batman or Robin, and I and I even pointed out that uh, it was a better Mister Freeze uh, story than what uh, Batman or Robin was. And like like I said, the Mister Freeze uh, originally in the comics was just a jewel thief. It was Bruce Tim that created the depth of Mister Freeze's character, which was later very quickly adapted into the comics. Yeah, because they realized this is a good idea. Because Mr. Freeze was kind of a, really kind of a fourth-tier Batman villain. Gimmicky. Like, he was all gimmick. Yeah, he was one of those He was one of those characters on the uh, Adam West series that you just kind of... I remember the Adam West episode where half the room is warm, half the room is cold. Yeah. There's a, there's, like, a, there's a solid line. There's like a red side of the room and a blue side of the room. Yeah, it's one of those episodes that you just kind of put up with until the Joker came back. Yeah, who didn't want to shave his mustache? <laughs> Cesar Romero is awesome. <laughs> no mustache, y'all. Yeah, it's, uh, it's things like that that makes me love what Bruce Tim did. There, there's a certain love of it when he does it. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, maybe Marvel's better now. I really don't know. I kind of don't think so. I don't know if they're still using ACOM anymore. I don't think the new movies are ACOM, I, but they are kind of still in that not quite DC style. <laughs> not not quite not, not quite the same uh, quality. Yep. Not quite the same quality, but it's still quite good. Yeah. You know, it's uh, ACOM like, you know, like you said, Bruce Tim actually fired ACOM. After getting 
reasonably good work out of them. Better work than what Marvel got out of them. And well, that's because still wasn't good enough. <laughs> one thing I love is when Bruce Tim was doing the uh, the uh, new Batman Adventures when when Batman's costume was changed from with a with a blue tint to just pure black. Mm-hmm. He has like ten notes of. 10 pages of notes about uh, how what happens when light hits Batman on certain angles and how to correctly do the shadow and the highlights. Mm-hmm. He, he actually has 10 notes of pages and that's why he was able to get really good consistent results from those uh, Korean animators during that part of this part of the series. Yeah. Well, you know, Marvel's Marvel. like, Marvel's like, let's just keep sending them stuff that looks like comic books and hope that they get it right. Yeah. They, they really thought that, they really thought that the Korean studios was were going to have the autonomy that Toei had, and well, it's well actually a lot of animation done in the world is now being done in Korea. Yeah. So it's I, I think it's just the rise of the Korean animator, not yeah, not in you know, and I don't think that uh, Acom helped much with that at all, except they kept on bringing money in. But other than that, I don't think they really helped much at all. And I think. I think Korea is finally building their own dynasty of uh, of animation and, and comics and all that good stuff. Yeah, and uh, they're getting to the point. Well, they've gotten to the point now where they do have the autonomy enough to uh, kind of work on their own and and fill in the blanks for uh, what the American uh, studios want. Oh yeah, Whereas, uh, that was really the problem with the '80s and Marvel is that. Marvel just thought that they could ship stuff out and it would come back gold, and that didn't happen. And I don't think Marvel really sent out, you know, I don't think Marvel did anything that was really gold except for the couple of TMS episodes that they did for <laughs> Spider Man, the ones that stick out like yeah. a sore thumb. <laughs> and yeah, like I said, it's just a different level of care. And, you know, something we discussed on the first version of this episode was. What do people talk about more, Batman or X Men? Yeah, I I don't know I don't know how we could really I don't know what it was for you I don't know how we could how we could really quantify this but for me it was about even and I don't I don't really understand why because I always thought Batman was better anyway but I had friends that were really into X Men hmm. yeah. and I think it was mostly because of the comics they just they just loved seeing that. Uh, that version of X-Men in, in motion. Mm. Yes. Oh, yes. And I think that's going to wrap up this uh, intro episode tonight. We will go more in depth with the other series as we go on. And one thing we're not going to do is we're not going to do all the DC animated cartoons in one sitting like we did with Marvel. That was a mistake. Uh, yeah. We're going to intersperse them. We're going to probably have the Flash cartoon episode in between. We're going to have the Bad Localization episode in between. We're not going to do the Zeta project or static static suck. No, you know, Zeta, I don't feel, you know, strongly or negatively against either way, but static was a pile. Yeah. Hoop squad. It might be worth throwing them in as annotations on the, the teen Titans episode. Cause that's about the most appropriate place to put them. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, it's like the lost books of the Bible, <laughs> the apocrypha of the, of the DC animated universe. I love it. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, we'll be we'll be hoping to see you next time. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs>